0: was the opening music to City Lights starring Charlie Chaplin Virginia Cheryl Florence Lee Harry Myers and others uh,
1: many others Al
0: Ernest Garcia was the millionaire's butler I I have a few things to say about that guy <laughs> 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 Oh, so yeah this was a really fun movie uh, And I'm excited that we get to talk about it today. Um, My name's Matt Johnson, and I'm coming to you from Seattle.
1: And I'm Bob Johnson, and I'm here in Los Angeles. And we're uh, welcoming everyone back to uh, Classic Movie Reviews.
0: And you can find us on the internet at www.classicmoviereviews.net. And in iTunes, just search for Classic Movie Reviews. And on Facebook, you can find us. Just search for Classic Movie Reviews. And, uh, you know, share. find us on Facebook and share a link to your friends. We can grow our audience that way. And if you get a chance, go into iTunes and give us a rating. That really helps a lot and helps spread the word and gets our ranking up in iTunes as well. So uh,
1: this this is a, a fun movie, a great movie. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And, uh Charlie Chaplin really liked to be involved in all aspects of the film. He directed it, produced it, wrote it, starred in it, did the music. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and then he
0: edited it. Oh, my gosh. I was surprised he did the music. I didn't realize he was uh, also a composer because the music was great.
1: music is great. He did have a a legal issue with the music in Paris. Uh, One of the people that was not credited for the music, uh, Mr. Padilla, Padilla? sued because he hadn't been credited for it, and he won.
0: Oh, so he, he collaborated with somebody on it, must have been?
1: Yeah, uh, that w- and, and the, the gentleman went un- uncredited. Jose Padilla. This movie was uh, released in January of 1931, and I was intrigued by the fact that the opening night, Charlie Chaplin uh, attended the movie with uh, Albert Einstein.
0: Oh, cool. Cool.
1: At the premiere of City Lights. There's a photo of the two of them at the premiere.
0: I never knew <laughs> that Albert Einstein was a big movie fan, but I
1: again. didn't either. Maybe he was. Poor to begin with this. It's got so much going for it.
0: Well one other thing about Charlie Chaplin too, we talked last week about Douglas Fairbanks and how he started uh Universal Pictures with uh or no, sorry, United Artists with Charlie Chaplin and Mary Pickford, and there was one other person that was involved in uh, D.W. Griffith. Yeah, D.W. Griffith. And uh, Charlie Chaplin and Douglas Fairbanks were sort of super mega stars during this time in Hollywood. I mean, they kind of helped define what Hollywood would become in later decades. And I can totally see why. I mean, this movie and the one that we reviewed last week are just, like, so you know wonderful and and well made and they stand up just as well today as they would have back when they were released
1: they really do the uh the thing i found interesting is that mr chaplin did silent movies well into the 1930s when uh, talkies were so popular and he just uh, assumed that people would come to his movies because they were so well done
0: oh interesting and i so, guess he was
1: right yeah.
0: Did you? uh, There was some funny use of sound effects in the movie. Like at the beginning, they (laughs) yes, (laughs) when they were speaking on the stage. (laughs) And it was like a Charlie uh, Brown cartoon when the when the adults are speaking, you know, and all you hear is this. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it took me a minute to realize they weren't really speaking some language that I'd never
0: heard. <laughs> and then later in the movie, when he uh, they're having that party at the millionaire's house, and he swallows yeah, that-, that whistle... <laughs>
1: It's really a wonderful combination of slapstick, drama, pathos. Man, I tell you,
0: and tells a, a wonderful story. Yeah, I love the story. Uh, it starts off with the tramp, sort of drunk. I'm not not. He's not drunk. He's not a drunk. We should be clear about that. He's very. He makes very clear in the movie that he doesn't like to drink very much. But, he's, but he is kind of a, a home, homeless person living on the streets, and he's sleeping in the arms of a statue that's being unveiled at this town square. <laughs> you know, they reveal the statue, and he's, he, there he is, and he tries to get down, and a sword goes up his pants, and he gets stuck on this sword, <laughs> <I know. laughs> and he finally gets free of that, and then he starts wandering around, and he runs into uh, the blind girl. And uh, spends his last change that he has in his pocket to buy some flowers from her, and I think kind of falls in love with her right there, kind of love at first sight.
1: It's 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 so it's funny and and wonderful at the same time. I was reading where uh, in the making of this movie, Mister Chaplin filmed three hundred and over three hundred and fourteen thousand feet of film. Wow! And the, and the final movie was like eighty. Nine hundred feet. So he had a lot of he had a lot of retakes, and uh, he he was very unhappy with a lot of the people that he interviewed to be the uh, the blind woman, and and then he found Virginia. Is it Cheryl?
0: Cheryl, I guess. I'm not sure how yeah. you pronounce that.
1: And he he liked uh, her reading because she was nearsighted and it came across more as a blind person would kind of go out into the world because of your nearsightedness he directly he he, he did everything he could to control every aspect of the uh, of the movie
0: was he do you know if he was well liked by people though i mean was he like controlling in a way that was would put people off or was it more like people respected him because he did such good work i think
1: both both <laughs> <laughs> i think my reading was it he got along well with people that liked the way he approached things and other people didn't care for that
0: it shows i mean just one example is that boxing scene that was so well choreographed i was laughing i was laughing so hard just by the way they were dancing around the the boxing ring And that must, have, that must have taken so many, uh, so much practice and, and retakes to get that right. I, I was,
1: I was uh, trying to find out how many takes they took of that. Uh, and I haven't been successful in that. But he was known, I guess, as someone that would do a scene as many times as he needed to. I think he took over a year to put this together.
0: Wow. If you were going to pick one Charlie Chaplin movie to watch, I think this would be... The one. I mean, it seems to have everything that I've ever heard of what's good about a Charlie Chaplin movie. It's got him being the tramp and the slapstick. Like when he when he first meets the millionaire drunk down by the the river, and the millionaire drunk is trying to kill himself by hanging. No, he's going to throw a rock into the river and, and get dragged down to the bottom. And then they keep falling into the river. They keep getting out and falling in and getting out and falling in. And that was just funny how they. <laughs> You know, they couldn't. There play. was
1: one, one scene where he was upside down; all you could see was his feet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, well, another 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 uh, anecdote on that scene. There was another actor that was originally going to play the millionaire uh, drunk, but he didn't want to get into the cold water. Oh. So uh, Charlie Chaplin said, "So long," and wow. then got this guy to do it. Well, this guy so was he good. Didn't mess around.
0: I like this guy. He was he was your best friend you'd ever seen uh, ever had in the whole world when he was drunk, and then when he was sober, he he didn't know who the hell you were, and you had to get get out of his house. You know? I know. I mean, that guy had a real problem. <laughs> well, and then, what I was gonna say about the the butler it was like the butler was kind of a snob too, because he obviously knew what was going on, but would just go along with whatever the the millionaire drunk would tell him to do. You know, he never like tried to say, hey, you know, this guy. You keep calling him your best friend, but no, he was—he was like your faithful manservant or something. Just whatever you say, sir.
1: <laughs> to the to the extreme. Yeah, I was uh, just. Some, there's so much on Charlie Chaplin. I I could hardly stop reading about it. He worked at so many different studios before combining with those other people on United Artists, and in 1940. He did a very political film about called The Great Dictator. Oh yeah, which uh, was a satire of Adolf Hitler. I haven't seen that either. I'm going to have to find that well, and watch it.
0: Didn't that get him in trouble with the? Uh, later, he got in trouble. I thought with the House of he did on Un- Un- American Affairs Committee or yeah, whatever he that was. was.
1: House on American, uh, yeah, he did. He did. He was accused of being a communist. In fact, he uh, he left the United States in 1952 and lived in Europe until, and didn't come back to the United States until 1972 when he uh, was presented with an Academy Award. Wow. So, yeah, he left under, well, he also had, I I don't know, allegedly he had a lot of issues with uh, some paternity suits.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So there was a lot going on there. A
0: couple things going on there.
1: and I, I haven't read enough about that to take it too far. Uh, but this film made a lot of money. It had a huge budget—one and a half
0: million dollars. That's the same size budget that was uh, for the Thief of Baghdad. I know that's a lot of money back then. That'd be like—I feel like that would be like a hundred million-dollar movie or something, you know.
1: And it was made at the at the height of the depression. Jeez! So, but the the people flocked to see it. There's so many different things to follow. Uh...
0: Well, I, so so uh, so once he saves the drunk from falling into the river. He becomes the drunk's best friend, and they go off to party, I think. Uh, or uh, did they go back to his house? I forget. But Well, they took a ride in the uh, drunk's car. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and
1: then the, the, another wonderful scene is when they're s- switching driver positions.
0: Because <laughs> he says, be careful with your driving. And he goes, what, I'm driving? <laughs> yeah. It reminded me of that scene in the uh, It's
1: a Mad, 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 Mad World <laughs> where the pilot said, oh, here you can... You can yeah. fly this. Flying's easy here. You can do it. Chaplin slides over and seamlessly takes over the wheel as they run all over town.
0: I think they uh, went to that nightclub, right? And they, they had that dance scene. That yes. And the dance floor looked like it was made of ice when the tramp was walking on it because he was sliding around on it and falling down. And I thought, well, is that an ice rink? But I think it was just him. Being, well, those doing shoes his he had were his so
1: big. <laughs> and his pants. <laughs> his pants. I, I'll interject one other uh, thing about the American Film Institute, oh, which is rapidly please. becoming my favorite source of information. In 2007, the American Film Institute, 100 years of 100 movies, ranked City Lights as the 11th greatest American film of all time. Wow. And, and in 1949, the critic James A. G. referred to the final scene in the film as the greatest single piece of acting ever. Ever committed to celluloid? <laughs>
0: that's a that's a high recommendation right there.
1: It is. Everything about this movie is so well done.
0: Oh, I, I loved it. It was it was so fun to watch. And yeah, so they're headed back to the house uh, after this big party, and then they wake up the next morning, and <clears throat> the drunk is like, "Who are you?" And they basically kicks the tramp out because when again, when he's sober, he doesn't recognize the tramp at all. So the tramp goes back to uh, the blind girl and ends up following her. I think he's driving the the millionaire's car at that point. I'm, I'm getting this a little bit mixed up, I think, on the, the order. But later in the movie, he drives the millionaire's car to uh, where the blind girl is working and then gives her a ride home. And they kind of hit it off. And he ends up finding out that they're in pretty tough financial uh, straits, and that they might lose their house, yeah um, so he wants to make some money to help them out and he ends up getting a job as a street sweeper and I couldn't figure out why there was an elephant where where was he doing that work because there was an elephant that walked down the street and they had to like pick up all this <laughs> elephant poop. <laughs> Well, in
1: those days, you never know. You know, maybe maybe the circus, maybe Ringling Brothers was in town or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe that's what it was.
1: I, I couldn't get past how he walked and, and and just his whole body language and those those hilarious shoes that were about seven sizes too big. They looked like he was wearing swim
0: fins. Yeah, I kept thinking that he's like a clown, but he's but. I took him so seriously at the same time yes. because he's such a yes. great actor, and I just thought he had those moments.
1: That's the uh, beauty of what he did.
0: Where you just connected with him so strongly that you just felt like his pain or you felt what he was feeling, and, and everything just sort of slid off of his back. He never let anything get him down, really. Like when, the, when he'd get kicked out of the millionaire's house, he's just like, oh, well, okay, here I go. I'm on my way again. No big deal. He took, uh, what is, he was living in the moment. I mean, even, yeah, even at the end when he got sent to jail because he got accused of stealing that $1,000 from the millionaire, even though the millionaire gave it to him as a gift. Because, you know, again, he gave it to him when he was drunk and then he sobered up after they had that little uh, fight with the robbers that came into yeah. the house. That was uh,
1: very sad to me, the way he kept being used. The millionaire was his best friend, and then he would completely kick him around
0: and say, so long. I agree. I I agree. That part was really sad, because he he ended up going to jail for like a year or something. But he's he's able to get the $1,000 to Maria before he gets caught by the police. So when he comes back from jail a year later, he's... He's even in worse shape than he was at the beginning of the movie, isn't he? I mean, he looks really oh, bad.
1: It looked like he'd worn that same outfit the entire time he was in prison.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like he didn't wear prison clothes. He wore his own clothes or something. He wore
1: that. He wore that uh the tramp. He was the tramp.
0: Yeah. And and like you said, he got he got well, before we started, you were talking about how he got picked on by those newspaper boys and while he'd been away at jail, excuse me while he'd been away at prison he uh the the blind lady, the blind girl had gotten this uh miracle surgery that restored her sight, and the doctor that did that would do that surgery for free, so she had all this money and I think she used that money with her grandmother to start a flower shop and did you you did a good job of describing the ending do you want to talk about that ending scene?
1: Well, as as uh, Mister Agee said, it's the single greatest piece of acting ever committed to celluloid. I would never be able to write it that well, but uh, he's been picked on again by the newspaper guys, and he's just he just looks downtrodden, and yet there's an optimism about him. And he turns around. He's got that little flower in his hand, and he and he sees the blind girl who's now able to see on the other side of the window at her flower shop. And the look on his face is it's it, you can't, you have to see the movie to describe it. It's just wonderful. I don't know of any comedian or actor since Charlie Chaplin that could have pulled that off any better. Oh,
0: totally I totally agree.
1: And, and so she sees him and comes out of the store and brings him another flower because the one he had falls apart and she, she, holds his hand and she realizes that he's the one that gave her the money to have her sight restored and he's so happy and yet at the same time he looks so pathetic in that outfit
0: yeah he looks a, so terrible but you, the look but at the same time he's just overjoyed with happiness that i that, know that she recognized him and i think he'd kind of resigned himself to the fact that she wasn't going to recognize him or that she wasn't going to know that it was him because he started to kind of walk away and turn away to walk down the street and then she grabs his hand. Yeah. And then it was like, "Oh, I know this hand." And I know this face, and then and then she realizes it's him and they uh, a scene before that they had shown where sh- she had been waiting for him to come back. Like she'd been waiting and waiting and so you knew that she was happy to see him as well. I thought it was going to end where they didn't get together, and I was really going to be upset if that was the ending. So I was really happy that they ended up getting together at the end.
1: I was going to ask you if you, <clears throat> if you had any thoughts on what happened after it faded out at the end, because it fades out with the, the camera on on the tramp's face and, and how happy he is, and then that's it. And I, I I thought to myself for a long time after watching this, what happened to them as a couple? Did they get together in my in my happy world, he was now working at the flower shop, and they were successful, and they were happily married, and all that.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. But then I thought, based on everything that had happened before that, that's probably not what happened.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's true. The millionaire would reappear and somehow and...
0: somehow screw
1: it up for him. You know, <laughs> oh, it's a, it's such a wonderful movie. I I was looking on the uh, on the internet, and it it has such high ratings. Um, on uh let's see IMDB 90 about 95,000 users which is a good sample size gave it an 8.6 rating out of 10
0: and just as, just for context that's a really high rating on IMDB that is and it's from a large number of of
1: uh viewers i would give this clearly a 10 out of 10 Or a 15 out of 10.
0: On our Snow White scale, yeah.
1: (laughs) Are so well done.
0: Yeah, it's a definite 10 out of 10. I mean, I would give it a 10 out of 10 just for the ballroom scene where they're dancing. That was absolutely fantastic. And the boxing scene, that was so much fun to watch. And then that ending.
1: The ending? The ending, oh my gosh. With the millionaire drunk falling in and out of the river. Yeah. I mean, there's just an endless number of... Of t- terrific scenes that that are that could not be better made.
0: But I, I was I thought as I was watching it that the movies like these little <clears throat> these little vignettes that happen like there's the scene by the river, there's the scene in sort of the living room of the millionaire, there's the scene at the the dance hall. You know, there's the scene where they're having the party at the millionaire's house, and there's you know all these little vignette scenes that are put together to form the story. But each one of those in and of themselves is sort of like a masterpiece of filmmaking in it just by mm-hmm. itself. And the way that they shot the movie, they, they really didn't do any like zooming or uh, movement of the camera up or down. It was the, the, the camera was pretty stationary and it would sometimes move left to right. But it was almost like you were watching a stage play. Like, you could I could see this movie being turned into like a Broadway uh, musical or a Broadway play. Uh, just because each one of those things that I described was like its self-contained little scene that you could see set on a stage.
1: It's, it's so wonderful. I read on, again, one of the places I was reading where a good friend of Charlie Chaplin's was uh, on the set, and he had a whole, he made a whole movie film of some of the work that Chaplin was doing behind the scenes, and I guess it's the only surviving <clears throat> film of, of, what his, uh, of what Chaplin's work style was like.
0: Oh my gosh, <clears throat> I want to see that. That that would be so cool.
1: I'll see if I can find the reference to that. <clears throat> then the other thing I was thinking about is Robert Downey Jr. was in uh, a movie, Chaplin. Yeah, I remember that. 20 years ago. I have not seen that, so I'm, I'm going to be watching that.
0: You know, I've seen that movie, but I had never really watched a Charlie Chaplin film before that. So I don't think I had a good context to to watch that Robert Downey Jr. movie. But I do remember that it was a really good movie.
1: Here's the uh, trivia that I was uh, looking for. One of Charles Chaplin's friends, the famous illustrator Ralph Barton, was on the set one day during the filming of the scene where Charlie and the blind girl meet. The home movies that Mr. Barton made appear in Unknown Chaplin, that's the name of the reference, Unknown Chaplin, in 1983, and it is the only known behind-the-scenes footage of Chaplin at work in costume as the Tramp. Oh, wow. We both give it a 10 out of 10. I I, I just... I, I'm going to probably watch it again. I'm going to watch it it's again. so good.
0: Definitely. It's on Hulu, uh, and you said that you watched it on Vimeo. I'll put a link to the Vimeo movie in the show notes, and if you're a Hulu subscriber... Uh, the, the the version they have on there is really high quality and it's uh, really a good one, so I'd recommend that one as well. And next week, next week it's we're heading into October. October's coming up soon, and October's going to be all about horror movies. But to kick it off, we're going to kick it off a little early with Nosferatu, which I've seen a couple times and is a really excellent film. And then we should talk a little bit about that uh, other movie that. Came out about ten years ago about the making of Nosferatu.
1: Is that the one with Willem Dafoe? Yeah, with
0: Willem Dafoe. <laughs> yeah, I to mention that. That that's that's an odd movie,
1: and I I just love watching it. I probably watched it maybe five or six times. Turns out he really is.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> and that's the thing is like there's this like myth that's uh, growing up around that film that the actor that played Nosferatu, uh, Max Schreck. Did such an amazing job of like character acting that people actually thought he was. I know <laughs> he was a, a vampire.
1: We should put a link to that movie when we do the podcast. Oh, absolutely! Next podcast. And I, Nas, I, I,
0: Nosferatu is available on Netflix, so you should be able to see it on there.
1: I can't think of the name of that film that Willem Dafoe starred in.
0: Oh, let's see here.
1: Yeah, it's a wonderful movie. A little odd, but that made it really even greater. A great.
0: Uh, and that movie was called... Oh man, he's made a lot of movies.
1: Yes, he has.
0: <laughs> like, I thought it would be easy to find which one it was. Uh... It may be
1: back 20 years ago.
0: May... I think it's longer than 10 years ago.
1: Yeah, I do too. I th- I'm thinking like the early 90s. Shadow of the
0: vampire that's it what year was that made 2000 oh 15 years ago shadow of the vampire yeah that's a great movie if anybody wants to see a really weird film with some great acting.
1: so that's
0: our next uh, podcast and then after that it's the thing from, another, from world. another world yeah
1: I'm so glad that you found that link to the actual short story that that's from
0: oh that was a good that's short a story. great
1: short story yeah I couldn't put it down
0: <laughs> me either all right all right Thanks for listening, everybody. This is Matt Johnson coming to you from Seattle. And Bob Johnson from
1: Los Angeles wishing you great movie watching.
0: Hey, did you see that I put a link to that anime Wong Technicolor I, film? I did. I haven't looked at it, but have you, how did it look? Oh my gosh, that is some film history right there. It, you have to turn the volume down though, because somebody, whoever overdubbed music on it, didn't do a very good job. But just watching like the film itself is really cool. Yeah, from
1: 1924. God, that's uh, what is that? 90, 91 years ago.